This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy! Thanks for checking out 90 for Chill, the podcast. This is your host, Cool Movies Darth. This is where I usually do my context or content warning but this is just going to be about movies with Christopher Lambert, who I've just been a fan of because of how unique he is, uh, the French-American actor with his voice, and he's just a nice person to throw into supporting roles. We're going to focus primarily on his lead roles. That will pretty much expose all his weaknesses, so sorry for the Christopher Lambert fans, but... I think we've got yourself a good show, so stick around. Little Hands says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. And let me thank all the returning fans of the show. This is 90 for Chill, the podcast. My name is Cool Movies Darth, or at least that's my handle. Russ Stevens it might be the easier way to find me on your podcast at but i'm over all of them i suppose so give me those five star reviews if you like the show subscribe of course and if you want to talk trash about the podcast do that at my twitter handle at catbusrus you're more fun that way than dealing with conservative trolls so yeah, it's a nightmare out there, so needless to say, it's kind of appropriate to do a Christopher Lambert show because, let's just face it, most of his movies are about avoiding said nightmares, be it Fortress with Stuart Gordon, about the government controlling every aspect of your life, kind of ironic in the pregnancy Roe v. Wade post-world. Of course, you got Mortal Kombat about stopping Outworld from destroying humanity. And then Highlander, which is basically, let's cut off a bunch of heads and become Jesus. So we'll get into all of that. I am kind of desperate for a guest. I don't want to do uh, three weeks of nobody except me uh, having content on the show. So if you want to be on the show, send an email to russthebus07 at gmail.com. That's R-U-S-S-T-H-E-B-U-S-0-7 at gmail.com. And all you have to do is offer me a movie. I don't care about the length. I can go and work around that. But if you want to make it easy, offer me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. Just focus on sub-100 minute narrative. So if their feature is concluded, once the credits roll, if it goes into 10 minutes of credits, which is very common now with CG heavy movies, I will forgive you and we'll make some podcasts gold. With all that said, let me thank Stacia Harden for still being my inspiration and keeping me going and helping all those she touched in her life. Otherwise, thanks for coming to 90 for Children podcast and enjoy the show. 30 stories below ground, halfway to hell, and no way out. What they give you? 31 years. You are about to enter the fortress, a privately owned maximum security prison operated by the Mentel Corporation. John Brunnick, the most decorated captain in the history of the Black Beret. Prisoner 95763, step forward to be intestinated. You have nothing. You are nothing. 
We will monitor your behavior. I don't think you realize your predicament. You have nowhere to hide. We will control your thoughts. The law is clear. We must maintain the population balance. We will invade your dreams. This is an unauthorized thought process. So touchy. Disobedience will not be tolerated. It's been in there for three days, and no one has ever lasted four. You will be enhanced and reprogrammed to be a more efficient human being. When my kind are in the majority, there will be no more overpopulation. A high-tech prison. Who started the incident? Built to withstand anything. Let's find out. Except an innocent man. We go tomorrow morning. Activate the strike clone. Christopher Lambert. Fortress, where the punishment is the ultimate crime. Going out won't be fun. Oh, but it's going to be a trip. So I've just concluded watching 1992's Fortress, a Christopher Lambert-led vehicle directed by patron saint of the podcast, one Stuart Gordon. This is a really interesting one because you never really imagine Gordon with seemingly a big budget. This was filmed in Australia, probably when Warner Brothers was just setting up their Queensland operations. Kind of has a Paul Verhoeven feel to it, including the futuristic, kind of looks a lot like Mars, I'd say, from Total Recall. Of course, you got Kurt Wood Smith as your uh, primary antagonist, which only kind of slips up because he's kind of supposed to be emotionless, and not to say that Kurt Wood Smith doesn't do that, it's just that this is Red from that 70s show. This is the guy who killed Peter Weller in RoboCop. We want the anger. So that's kind of a miscast. And this is a Stuart Gordon movie with Jeffrey Combs. But again, no Barbara Crampton. I don't know what's going on there. 1992 is a blank on her IMDb. It's a story about a society where, you know, resources dictate that only one child per woman. Now, Christopher Lambert and Lauren Lachlan, who I think should have been replaced by Barbara Crampton, but I digress, have just gotten pregnant with their second child. Truthfully, they didn't really have a kid. It died during childbirth, so it's kind of unfair, but they get imprisoned for it in the fortress, an underground prison where everything is essentially controlled by a computer kurtwood smith even to an extent and it's just their goal to escape pretty simple premise all things considered it's a 90 minute movie so works out fine that way and it's just very surprising in a lot of places the body horror is nice in this so there's a great Stuart gordon callback uh, it's actually surprisingly brutal. It's kind of like the MPAA must not have thought much of this feature getting an audience, which I know it made most of its money on video back in the day because it did spawn a sequel. But you got lots of male nudity. You got very graphic violence. It's a pretty nihilistic flick, all things considered. I mean, it even foreshadows that 
yeah, getting out of this alive under Christopher Lambert's orders might not be so nice. There's a lot of cute elements like Jeffrey Combs is in this, as I said, and he's playing a hippie explosives expert, kind of a nerd character, but definitely not the neurotic type that we've seen him in previous Stuart Gordon films, Reanimator and From Beyond. The only things I can really uh, be miffed at is that it tries to incorporate CGI effects and it's pretty limited at best, more just altering video, definitely not lawnmower and nobody really holds the lawnmower man in high regard. So just, um, I don't know, we could have probably gone with something different because the imagery is nice, just that let's throw some pixels in there doesn't really help it. In the end, it's a movie that ages well, especially since I watched this on the night of June 24th, 2022, after Roe v. Wade has been overturned. The story is quite appropriate about controlling people's bodies. Its only negative aspect otherwise is that you have a protagonist named Karen. It's a lot of fun and, you know, doesn't make you think too much. I guess in a sense that's kind of lesser than most Stuart Gordon movies, but, you know, sometimes we need a break from Lovecraftian bollocks. of us there burns the fury of a warrior in every generation a few are chosen to prove it one of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of outworld to defend our people against shang song you will and his forces of darkness. In an ancient tournament, one more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world no! is theirs. It has begun. Because I shared a GIF from this movie on Twitter, I have revisited Mortal Kombat for the Christopher Lambert podcast episode of 90 for Chill. Now let's get right to the concept of the white savior that Christopher Lambert portrays in this feature. He is the Thunder God Raiden, a god followed by a bunch of Shaolin monks. So needless to say... Let's just look at history. The Chinese probably wouldn't have fallen for the uh, white god concept like the people from the New World Western Hemisphere. I mean, they had plenty of Europeans screwing around with them. 
way before that. So I would think it'd be best to have cast at this time, say, a Asian American actor who's got just a unique voice. And I would say B.D. Wong. Now, he was still on the come up at this time. But if you see the movie Men of War, which also features the actor who portrayed Kano in this feature, Trevor Goddard, gone too soon, I think he could have pulled it off. I would have probably taped him in 2021, and this is coming from a guy who popped for seeing Itchy the Killer's Tadanobu Asano as Raiden. But I digress there. Uh, this feature is still a lot of fun, but the dynamic range does not help this movie at all. You can really see where the green screen ends and the actors begin. This is fun, perhaps, just because it's like your legendary Christopher Lambert movies where a lot of dialogue is constantly repeated, like Highlander, Highlander 2, with just going over the rules of the game. And in this one, you have a scene where Christopher Lambert says, it has begun. And then you have a bunch of special effects and you have Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa as Shang Tsung repeating the line right away. So, and with that said, you know, this podcast is kind of telling me I'm running out of movies to do for a Carrie Hiroyuki Takawa podcast. I mean, I've already addressed Showdown in Little Tokyo, now Mortal Kombat. So it's going to take some work if somebody wants to jump on a Man in the Iron Mat. I'm sorry, the Man with the Iron Fist franchise. I think we could do that. A lot of the CG definitely doesn't hold up. And there's just some obvious mistakes like, oh, Sub-Zero goes in freezes and then disintegrates a guy he just who was just flowing at throwing a kick at him and you see his head and it's like yeah that's a cg head so come on you gotta know when to incorporate especially in the mid 90s practical effects with your cg but with that said if you really wanted paul ws anderson to come back for a sequel to this feature yeah you probably could have done it 10 years later when 3d was all the rage because You've watched his movies like the Resident Evil franchise, and you see just the cheapest effects coming at your face, but it's kind of cool because it's coming at your face. So a 3D Mortal Kombat with Paul W.S. Anderson, I think, could work. And thinking about some of the visual effects, it's kind of like, so when souls go into through Shang Tsung's eye, is that supposed to be a tribute to uh, Lucio Fulci? I don't know how much of a student of the game Paul W.S. Anderson is, so... Just wishful thinking. Now, I should have paid more attention at the end credits to see what bands I still need to see who've been on this soundtrack. I've seen Lords of Acid, who's behind the Immortals, who did the classic theme. And I've seen KMFDM numerous times. Plan to see them in September. So, that's a new goal for me. So, I guess that fulfills my therapist's question what can you do that you will solely enjoy not dependent on others with that said you can't cancel again kmfdm my only other observation is and i think this just fun booking concerns is that mortal Kombat is supposed to be about life according to raiden so this movie could have really used referees like when shang sung's getting his ass kicked by Liu kang in the end it's like he's he's gone and taken 
tens of unanswered hits. Somebody's got to throw in the towel for him. And in the end, setting up a sequel, you know that Shao Kahn's not going to play by the rules. So why not make screwy rules? Have an athletic commission take over Mortal Kombat. Have referees. Bad decisions was what makes for great fights sequels. Just my opinion. Enough of all this. Christopher Lambert is great in it. And it's kind of, again, sad that it's a role that just can't happen again. If you're needing somebody who just sounds cool, this is evidence that Christopher Lambert is that guy. From the dawn of time we came, moving silently among you, down through the centuries, immortals. Down through the ages, he has traveled through time, fulfilling the legend that there can be only one. There's another. His name is Kane, the most feared and evil among us. Island is out there somewhere, and he owes me for all those years. Enemies from another time are about to collide in this one. And I've just revisited Highlander the Final Dimension or Highlander the Sorcerer in Europe. And we'll talk about the original Highlander because, again, shared a gift of that on Twitter. But otherwise, we'll leave the other films of the franchise unscathed just because, in the event, I can do a Highlander podcast. Now, with the Final Dimension, it was originally purchased as an H for Ali's Accessory Shop on Etsy's Trash Feature Review, hence why I'm getting it out of the way. And when I remember seeing it back in high school, so late 90s, I was very good about following the MPAA suggestions, thank you. I kind of was turned off by this feature. It uh, seemed too dependent on the excessive sex, which I think may have just been, I wasn't that interested in Deborah Kara Unger's dual role in this. She just seemed kind of dull. And I'm not saying she's a bad actress because of it. It works great in the movie Crash, a David Cronenberg classic. So it's just not... Oh, 13, another movie where she's perfectly cast. So it's just not... wasn't my cup of tea. I thought they were basically saying, well, she's pretty, so if you don't like the acting, you'll like her boobs and bum. Mario Van Peebles' character, that's a lot to talk about. I thought he came off as a little too creepy, a little too rapey, a little too violent. The biggest thing about him is 
Mario Van Peebles is trying to impersonate Clancy Brown. And unfortunately, Clancy Brown's character, having his rough voice and such, came as part of the story. No, he's just trying to be Clancy Brown off the bat. It's just very weird what they were trying to do with this. And it's even more weird that it seems like William Panzer, one of the producers of the franchise, has had his hand in so many of the movie scripts. So it's kind of weird that he forgets his own logic. Let's just starting with how the movie begins with Connor McCloud trying to learn from the sorcerer Nakano, who is the master of illusion. Kane, Mario Van Peebles' character, is trying to get that power. So he's hunting him down, and in their battle, his quickening ends up sealing the cave. McCloud gets out just in time. Very hard to tell the direction, but he does. Thus, sealing Kane up in there for 400 years. Connor McCloud thinks he won the game back in 1985. Turns out, and he should have known, oh, there's still another one sitting there, another three immortals sitting around. I don't know why there's three immortals, because Kane immediately decapitates one of his immortal compatriots right after getting freed, which just doesn't make much sense. Like, what were you doing, playing cards against humanity to stay sane for 400 years? Logic is pretty much non-existent in this story, which, again, is kind of insulting when your producer is a writer on it. Let's see. So if the game was still going on, we have nine years of where immortal children can be born, I suppose. So basically, I'm calling for an Anakin Skywalker scene in this movie, which, no, we don't get. Again, with the title being The Sorcerer, that makes a lot more sense but when he makes an emphasis on illusion illusion sorry what does teleportation and morphing have to do with it it takes a while to finally just calm itself down it wants to get everything done so fast that there's just no character development so once we get to the just mcleod versus kane it kind of settles down but it really should have stuck to the high, the Highlander series continuity, which in the end it does with a tease right before the credits start rolling. There is like a little bit of lightning on the old McLeod sword sitting up on the shores of Loch Shiel. Another thing this movie is desperately missing is the Queen soundtrack. Not, I'm not saying you need a Queen soundtrack. I'm just saying let's throw in Who Wants to Live Forever? They at least did it on Highlander the series. Let's throw in, you know, a kind of magic like Highlander 2. I can't say that the other two sequels necessarily have a lot of Queen, but it definitely plays closer to the series, so a little more forgivable. I will say that the battles between our pro and antagonist are fun, and it's fun to see that they at least keep the Russell McCallie special effects, the explosions and such. But since they are able to use so many images from the original Highlander movie, you can tell that they've incorporated portions of the final quickening into this feature's final quickening. Let's just say the battle at the end just doesn't feel right with like a Motley Crue knockoff soundtrack. That just tells you the experience that is Highlander Endgame. And I'm not going to 
deny I did have fun. I'm a little more, little less jaded as an 18 year old who stood behind Highlander 2 while like, well, this just wants to be shocking type feel. I guess once you get into Italian horror, shock is just not going to be something that's going to hit you a lot. If you're a Highlander fan, give this one a watch. It's definitely for us still. It's two guys wanting to cut each other's heads off and a little bit of time stuff. The time stuff's actually very insignificant in this one, all things considered. We just get a French flashback and the opening being in Japan. But can't have everything, I suppose. And when it's a Dimension Films feature in the 90s, you're lucky to get anything. You gotta chuck them off a cliff? Shake, we could have chucked them off the roof and stayed at home. No, this is a magic cliff here, like in the Highlander. So you will become the Highlander, and you'll roam the Earth forever trying to kill yourself. But you won't be able to, because you'll be immortal. Won't that suck, little man? <laughs> right, so that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it does. Well, I don't know what to do. No, you're not. I'm doing it. Shake, wait. The Highlander was just a movie, I mean... Oh, Frylock, The Highlander was a documentary, and the events happened in real time. So this cliff is magic? Oh, yeah. Big time. I'm doing it now. No, man, look, you gotta be born a Highlander. You can't just become one. See, he saw the movie, too. Well, well that's right. I know I saw cliffs, okay? And there was lots of magic everywhere. And Mel Gibson. Uh, Braveheart, hello? Oh, you think you're the expert? Let's see how much your ass knows about flying. Yeah! That's what I'm talking about. You done? Because that took forever. I am... Uh, well, I am forever. I am immortal! Shake, no! Wait. I'm not immortal here, okay? Hang on, Shake. We'll call for help. No time to let yeah, go. hurry. I think that the branch will hold for... It's not holding! So I've just rewatched Highlander again. We haven't gotten to the scores of viewing. Maybe a dozen over the past... Gosh... Nearly 25 years, I suppose. I'd say I finally got to really own it at 17, so yeah, yeah, 25 years. So one viewing a year, I guess. Uh, not quite that, thankfully. And I know it's not true Scottish cinema, but maybe this is why I'm a big train spotting fan. But I digress. Uh, there's a lot of things that can be learned from this feature, like. All movies should open with a Queen song as an overture. I mean, it works for Flash Gordon, and if only this film could have worked in Best Friend, because, as I said, every movie is made better by Best Friend from Queen. Now, there's a lot of silly things aside from the plot, which is immortals have been around for millennia, fighting each other to the death via cutting off each other's head to gain the prize, which... I believe at the end of this feature, you kind of think, like, so you're kind of the Holy Trinity with the knowledge you gain, so, and expectations of what to do with it. But, you know, other little silly things, asides uh, from that is, you know, Russell Nash, the first Connor McLeod, Christopher Lambert, the first scene essentially takes place at Madison Square Garden, where the Freebirds are wrestling some jobbers in the Tonga kid and I just kind of find that funny because Nash has crappy seats and then he also uses that as a way to get out of his uh first um 
execution he commits basically like shitting on the freebirds well the confederate gimmick which has got me barred from peoria wrestling i really feel for it this time other issues i guess is that this blu-ray which was awesome honestly the sounds great the picture's good but it's distributed by Lionsgates, and i hate them having distribution rights about anything because they forget about a lot of stuff but on this viewing i did for the first time catch that this was distributed eh, sorry distributed by canon so adds a little extra charm to it despite the great picture and sound you still see that russell mulcahy who's i think this is his first feature perhaps the continuity editors in scenes that still persist in his other features all the way up till at least resident evil apocalypse no i'm sorry that was resident evil extinction but again i digress are still present so he's never really gotten away from being a montage heavy music video director so just an observation with that but i will say this movie features the kind of wipes and transitions that george lucas can only wish for i mean some of them are a little stretchy like you know transitioning a watch ad into connor's face but silly but you kind of appreciate the fact that they went for it which i think is basically what highlander is you just appreciate the fact they went for it it's ridiculous but unlike the rest of the series this is the only one that's really feels epic because yeah, you get to start the story and figure out how McCloud... Two stories running at once, basically. You go back to see how McCloud got to the 20th century from the 16th. And him having to deal with the end of Immortals' existence. If other Highlander movies... And I guess the problem is just like... Okay, I guess we need more Immortals or more Highlanders... So I could see why I got into a discussion once trying to sell my podcast to a uh, stripper at Big Al's in Peoria. And she said, ah, I, I watched those Highlander movies. and No, they suck. Well, you gotta, I mean, come on. But and basically, she's just somebody who doesn't watch movies. And I run into a lot of people like that. I mean, come on. It used to just be $3 every Friday night to rent something. Again, I digress mentioned highland series it works out fine i guess you know just the concept of seeing how weird immortals can be and then letting uh duncan mcleod take their heads so i'm just basically saying like i think that's why the franchise doesn't work with the exception of the quest for vengeance or the search for vengeance which is an anime from the guy who brought us wicked city and ninja scroll that's definitely worth a view and it's got some fan service even to the highland of the series another thing i liked about this movie even more is just appreciating the 2d effects and the final quickening it's kind of like we are ending the movie with a something that you would have seen in uh, pink floyd the wall which is just fun and charming in my opinion otherwise the other thing i gathered from this is i have to check out uh, Glenn uh that's a shoot I had it pulled up on my Google come on it's a scotch and Glenmorangi Glenmorangi I guess so I'm sorry to offend my Scottish fans I'm more sorry if I offended whiskey lovers 
scotch lovers in particular which look that's the end all be all in my opinion so that's what i got from highlander this time i don't know why christopher lambert just wasn't made into the action hero that say van damme and seagal were his laugh is just far more priceless i think than the ponytail on seagal or the splits from van damme just an opinion and since i'm working on trying to get a van damme podcast done i don't want to offend any further Superman. so as i was editing this review for highlander i realized oh yeah christopher lambert is blind hence he can't or shouldn't even be doing action movies gosh the stories of injuries on highlander 2 is enough and that's not just to christopher lambert michael ironside can tell you just make this guy cast him as a bookworm or some sinister horror guy with you know again books books is the answer for christopher lambert can i hear a wahoo